it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to World's Finest True Believers. Each episode, a guest and I will discuss one of our favorite comic book arcs or graphic novels from any publisher. My name is Chris. Thanks for joining me. For Now let's get started. Well, thank you all for joining me for another new episode of World's Finest True Believers. We are part of the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network with nine shows coming at you seven days a week. We've got this show, World's Finest True Believers. We've got Ranger Alliance, DC Alliance, Marvel Alliance, Star Wars Alliance, Slice of Film, Superhero Discussion, and Weird Science DC and Marvel Comics Roundup. We have a Patreon, so if you want to throw a couple of shekels our way, we've got two tiers, $1 for the tip jar to say, hey, we're doing a good job, and our $5 tier, which gives you early access to episodes, ad-free episodes, and Patreon on exclusive episodes we want to thank our patrons for their support we can't do this without you but if you can't throw throw that our way we understand but if you could take 30 to 90 seconds and rate and review the network on apple podcast whichever podcast your choice may be you can follow the these uh excuse me this podcast on twitter at finest believers and me personally at chris balga and you can follow the geek ultimate alliance network on twitter at gway pod network all right, so those are all the plugs out of the way, all the paperwork, and so we've got a returning guest uh, to the show. A, a basically, we're recording this almost basically a year to when he was original, but this will probably drop a month or two after that. Uh, Travis, the the 
head of the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, when we were talking offcast, maybe this will release a year later after we record it. You know, you're a busy man with all these great creator spotlights and whatnot. But uh, no, it's good to be back. I thought, oh, I hadn't done this in a while. And I had talked to Chris. So I feel like Chris and I got like a roadmap of the trash and world's finest true believer. I'm like, hey, these two don't let anyone take them and stuff. But it's uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very excited. And it's kind of fitting because I'm excited when you reveal what we're talking about, but kind of ties into what we talked about uh, the first time I was on. So lots has changed since the first time I've been on. But uh, all good stuff. So that's that, that's a positive thing to say. Nothing bad. You know, world's getting better. Mm-hmm. Podcast network's doing great. We have new shows that have been added since then. So it's just been a it's been a wild ride. And your show's doing great. You've had just like just in the creator spotlights. It's crazy the people you've had on, especially a couple weeks ago. So yeah, it's uh it's been fun to see, and it's always fun to listen. Yeah, and and it's always good to you know you get those those the sudden you know, beginning of creator spotlight. So those will be kind of, you know, as they come along, but nice to kind of intermix those. But Mm -hmm. so what are, you know, what are we talking about tonight? So we are talking about all new Wolverine issues, one to six, four sisters. So uh, yeah, that is what I've chosen now. Like I said, tie it back to last time, last time we did the first volume of ultimate X-Men and uh, uh, not, not on purpose, but it's just Chris and I, that's kind of both our Marvel go-tos. And I'm i I'm a big fan of this arc and I'm very excited to talk about it. Yes. As you said, uh, written by Tom Taylor and artwork by David Lopez. This, as you said, the first six issues, this premiered November 2015 and uh, the sixth issue came out in March of 2016. So, you know, we've talked about Tom Taylor on this on this uh, show before, mainly and only right now for Injustice with <laughs> your uh, your doppelganger, your uh, your your clone as you will yeah or two or whatever yeah now i'm gonna have to do i'm gonna have to come back for every single all new wolverine arc like he's doing with injustice (laughs) he talked about roadmap he has you booked for like the next 10 years anything there's injustice oh chris i got you god and he might even choose deceased at that point that's injustice like (laughs) i don't know yeah (laughs) but uh so did you read this first run or uh did you kind of discover this as uh later on no, I did read it first run. I think that's why it's so special because I have for people that don't know, obviously you've probably some people probably listened to my first time or me and Chris almost did half a year world's finest leader. So we've talked about some of the things before, but Wolverine Logan is my favorite character. My daughter's named after that. It's just my go to like many other people, but I just love that character. So I have really been interested in this character all the way back to X-Men Evolution when they introduced her as just a kind of, she's very much like the Harley Quinn of Marvel, in my opinion, as far as she got introduced, just, oh yeah, she's a side character. She's a clone of Wolverine. Didn't really blow up. And I think for me, the reason I read it is I knew nothing about Tom Taylor. And I was just, it, it reminded me a lot of when I read uh, like new 52 Batman. I was just like, okay, they're doing an all new, I, I, we've talked about this before. Anytime they do like a reboot or restructuring, I don't read every title, but you kind of look and see, okay, what are they do, doing new and what could I maybe jump on because it's kind of a fresh start, right? And that's where I saw this. I was like, okay. And I believe the big deal about this was this was the first time Laura was getting like her own just single issue, her whole series. Like before it was always she's on the X-Force or she's with Logan. This is, it's all about Laura. So I thought, okay, this is really interesting. It's a fresh point to jump on. I already like the character and I'm always interested in legacy characters. We always talk about this where 
you look at someone like Dakin, who you would think, you know, when they introduced him, that was probably going to be, oh, this will be the guy that is the new Wolverine and the new replacement, <laughs> no, right? No, and no, no, not at all. And th- and that's where we've seen legacy characters be introduced and just fall flat on their face, where it just goes, oh, this is nothing. Or you have people like Miles Morales, where right off the bat, big hit, Miss Marvel grown over the years, things like that. And she's a character that I feel like she's had a, a smaller growth. But yes, I did read it the first run, and I, I read the whole thing the first run. I was buying it weekly, and luckily these first six issues is what hooked me. And now I'm kind of like the rest of the world. But Tom Taylor, Nexus Scott Snyder is kind of my 1A, 1B as far as favorite writers. Like anything Tom Taylor's name's on, I, I go, okay, I, he's going to have my money at some point. If I'm not reading it weekly, I'm going to wait till it's collected. And uh, I just he's such a versatile writer as well. Yeah, he's he's one of those creators as we when we get into his background for, for those of you, it's, it's a very similar background you've heard when we've done Injustice, but he's kinda like a Scott Snyder, a a uh, a a Brad Meltzer that comes from not necessarily strictly comics. Mm-hmm. And I think that and again, I always say this before, it's not knocking anyone that just does comics as a writer, but the eclectic background he comes from i think makes him stand out a little bit more than others in in his approach and what he can tackle and how good he is at it uh but yeah so let me read a quick synopsis of uh all new wolverine uh four sisters now she's the best there is x23 was created to be a weapon and for a time that's all she was but by but with the help of her mentor Logan, the original Wolverine, she escaped her dark past. Now the man she knew has fallen, but Laura will honor his memory as the all-new Wolverine. But with the famous Cal comes a world of misery and mystery, like the devastating secret of the Four Sisters. Uncovering it will involve new friends, Doctor Strange and the Wasp, and lethal new enemies like the Taskmaster. Master. But after recent events, Laura is growing used to doing everything in her power to save those around her from fall from forces hell bent on destruction. If anyone can stop them, it's Laura. After all, it's what Wolverine does. Uh, I know you had mentioned. I, I believe Laura is a written, as I said, you know, X twenty three. She's had a few yep. kind of singles, but like now she has taken the title, and and we'll kind of get into some of the where we are and x-men canon at this point because you know x-men and canon kind of goes like oh let's throw something at the dartboard and see what sticks yeah <laughs> what timeline you in again <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 exactly so um so yeah let me get into a little bit of background with our our kind of showrunner so we'll start off with tom taylor he's an aussie so he's born in melbourne australia he has written x-men red all new wolverine the hunt for wolverine out an anti agenda for marvel comics along with justice league slash power rangers and injustice and injustice 2 for dc comics he has also written for batman superman green lantern Corps, edge of oblivion and superior iron man he is the creator with james brow Brower of all of the all ages adventure graphic novels, the deep here be dragons and its sequel, the vanishing Island published by Gelsted publishing and boom studios. The deep was optioned by technicolor and is now a now more than I know it's 26 CG animated series with Taylor serving as creator and head writer for streams on Netflix. It has won, I think a couple of recent awards for Mm -hmm. its, its, uh, its animation in 2012, the deep here be dragons won the Aurelius award for best illustrated book and graphic novel, Australia's premier speculative fiction, literary award. And the sequel also won the award again in 2014. Performing and writing for theater and musicals from the age of 14, Tom's work has been produced across four continents. 
His plays have won a number of awards and accolades, including winning the award for best dramatic writing in short and sweet, the world's largest short play festival, which is interesting at the time of recording. He did tag someone back in Twitter that told him to stick to comic book writing yeah, instead of your lane, inst- instead of screenwriting. And then he proceeded to light him up saying, Oh really? Here are the things I've screen wrote that won award. So you stay in your lane. <laughs> His plays have also been produced at the Sydney opera house in Melbourne arts theater and the Edinburgh Fring. Uh, Taylor is well known for his many Star Wars comics and graphic novels for Dark Horse Comics. These include Star Wars Blood Ties with artist Chris Golf and Star Wars Invasion with illustrator Colin Wilson. Uh, in April 2012 saw the start of Taylor and Scalf's new Blood Ties series, uh, pro- provocatively titled Boba Fett is Dead, as reported by <laughs> CNN. <laughs> Taylor is also the writer of the Darth Maul Death Sentence miniseries, which is set immediately after the end of the fourth Clone Wars television series. Uh, going on, Taylor has wrote for The Authority, published under the Wildstorm imprint, starting in issue 22 in May 2010, until the end of the Wildstorm imprint. He's also wrote uh, Bra- the Brainiac Sinestro Core sto- War storyline in the pages of DC Universe Online Legends, a Batman story with artist Nicholas Scott and Rose and Thorn with Neil Gage. His award-winning play, The Example, has also been adapted into the comic book uh, with illustration by Colin Wilson through Gestalt Publishing and some of his other ones besides Injustice, his big thing. He has gone into the deceased line that's picked up fire with that um he is the current writer of nightwing um mm-hmm. he is going to be also the current writer of the new superman story this time with john kent taking over the mantle and uh he's, he's writing be... batman right now too yep, that detective that... like just that eight yep. issue run so he's yep, the he detective is, <laughs> he's legitimately one of the busiest if not the busiest guy in comic books right now and he's writing this is really far off but they're starting off some marvel event too called dark ages yep. like he is just every time he announces something i'm like my goodness how could this how can this keep going and it's funny when you name off all his work like I've always said Scott Stern is my favorite current writer, and he's one of, if not my favorite, Batman writer. But I think it's funny if you look at they are very comparable, but the difference is with Scott Snyder, like he got into Batman and he was just full on, I'm Batman for the next two to three years, and he mm-hmm. made great storylines, great arcs. Where Tom Taylor feels like he goes over, he does something great, and then he just like leaves it and goes to another character and does something great. Like I'm not saying he's not overstaying his welcome, but it's almost just he he reminds me of those like reality shows where they go and fix up a restaurant and then they leave and go fix up another restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like that's what Tom Taylor does. He'll pick a character, he gets all this acclaim for it, and he's like, okay, bye. Same thing like with Laura. Other than this, it was obviously lots of issues and it was a whole we got almost for it but he hasn't written it again you know he's hinted about said oh it'd be great one day to revisit that but it's not like scott snyder some people that stay on a character for Mm -hmm. half a decade sometimes so that's what's really impressive one just how busy is but two just the pure quality because i just thought eventually well if he keeps doing all the stuff he's gonna run to oh that wasn't that good that wasn't good but it's just like (laughs) it hasn't really happened which is great because he's a talented guy and he brings something fresh to each character and and his friendly neighborhood spider-man run was just Mm. amazing everyone's hoping at one point he will be returning to mainline spider-man at some point so i mean again everything he touches goes i'm waiting for when he finally kind of does a snyder and says all right, I'm done with mainline for a while. I want to go to image. I want to do some yeah. creator own stuff. So I know he's got some stuff in him, uh, brewing and planning. I mean, that creative mind just can't, <laughs> can't be stopped. Um, but, uh, yeah, our artist for this one is this part of the series is David Lopez 
Uh, Lopez started his comics career in Spanish fanzine before moving on to work in a spiral. In 2002, he moved to the American comic book market. He is best known for co-creating and illustrating the first volume of the monthly series Fallen Angel, which was co-created with by writer Peter David and published by DC Comics. After the series was canceled in May 2005, following its 20th issue, he was it was picked up by IDW Publishing in December of that year, but Lopez did not continue as artist, although he did provide the artwork for the covers. From 2006 to 2007, he was the artist for Catwoman for issues for 30 issues. So those were issues 53 through 82. In 2008, he jumped over to the House of Ideas, also known as Marvel, where he drew some Hawkeye and Mockingbird books. In 2011, he drew Mystic, which was nominated nominee, nominee to an Eisner and Harvey Awards with scripts by G. Willow Wilson and New Mutants. Until 2013, he worked on several X-Men properties and a couple of Spider-Man books. Between 2014 and 2015, he collaborated with Kelly Sue DeConnick on Captain Marvel and later on Captain Marvel and the Carol Cores. Uh, he all, he was the artist to launch the new series All New Wolverine with Tom Taylor starting in 2015. After his stint on this title, he's begun to focus on many comic book covers. And in 2017, Panel Syndicate began publishing Black Hand, Iron Hand, which is his current work right now. So, so again, uh, this was I've recognized his work, but it's not one that I could immediately point out and said, "Oh yeah, this is David Lopez." But I mm-hmm. really do enjoy his arc, his artwork on these issues. It seems to it really works to kind of look at what he does. He does a real good job of capturing Laura and the sisters in this. Well, and especially with this, it's a little difficult where you have to have like four of the same character, but they have to be different, but they have to look the same, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I think you do, he does a good job, but yeah, it's something where I think I'm the same as you, where it doesn't stand out where I could pick it from. And which because it sounds like a knock against them, but it's not like, oh yeah, I know all this work, but it's it's in this book, it's some really beautiful stuff. I think some of his best panels are when they're specifically kind of getting in the mind of lore or stuff like that. With when there's things like when she's in pain or you know the healing process, I think mm-hmm. that's really good. And I think they I just really like aesthetically how he draws her Wolverine, other characters like Taskmaster. Like to me, I think what uh, a biggest positive i could say is i'd love to see something animated based on around his style because that's what it reminds mm-hmm. me of it reminds me of some of the marvel yeah. animated stuff some of the better stuff and uh yeah i really like it and i like the colors really pop too it's not mm-hmm. they don't even like when she's in the x-force suit like it's a very kind of bright gray and it's like you know and the red eye like it it, it it's it's comic booky, and that's what I, I really enjoy, especially with like the Wolverines. Their suits are pretty outrageous, mm-hmm. so you have to you just embrace it. You know, it's it's bright yellow, it's bright blue. Here we go, and <laughs> there we go, and <laughs> yeah. we're off to the races. We're ready to rock and roll. So, uh, so yeah. Before we get into kind of digging into it, uh, let's. Go, I found an article from uh, Comic Book Resources that he did as he was getting ready to begin his run on this. Uh, it's entitled "Taylor Discusses." Unseething X-23's Claws and All-New Wolverine. This was published in July 2015 by Dave Richards for CBR. Uh, He starts off by saying, In recent years, X-23 has been a fascinating part of the books like All-New X-Men, Wolverines, and Avengers Arena. But it feels like when she gets a chance to shine in her own miniseries, the X-23 ongoing by writer Mahorhe Liu and the recent death of Wolverine one-shot, the creators are inspired to tell some powerful, hard-hitting stories. Why do you think that is? What drew you to this character? 
Taylor responds, Laura has been through so much, and I don't think she's come through unscathed. In fact, I think she's come through pretty scathed. <laughs> However, she has been a ferocious tenacity that kind of kicks, kicks the ass of anything she's had to deal with. I think there's something very appealing about her character and a person and as a person, as you said, there has been some great stories that have happened in the past. Those origin stories you talked about were gripping when she was a young girl. Uh, she was raised in a horrible environment and endured so much brutality. She was forced to inflict a lot of pain and suffering on the world against her will. So she has a lot to make up for. I think as soon as the character gets curator gets a hands on Laura, they want what's best for her. They want to find redemption and they understand why she fights so hard. I'm honored to have be an opportunity to be the next stage of this fight. This what you see, and we get it a lot when we've gone over his, his words on injustice. He has such a, a very love of whatever character he's facing, whatever he's working on, but also a respect for the past and wants to honor the past of what has been done. Well, and especially with a character like this and his story, it does go into, because we talked about it before, because even the interviewer cites some solo runs, but a lot of the stuff they cite was like, well, Logan's run and then Avengers. It's like, with her, you do, with the story that Tom tells and we're going to talk about but you do have to take in the baggage you have to because there is a lot that she's gone through but you have to incorporate that and i think they even do a good job of if no one had read this ever like luckily you're probably going to meet someone that always knows wolverine logan Mm -hmm. but even with this i feel like they did do a good job of showing things that flash back to these moments that he's referring to the other writers touch upon whether it's her origin whether it's you know the classic she has to she can hurt people against her will with this mist and whatever this mystical thing that the (laughs) ex the uh, weapon x created that is just like one of the worst creations of all time but Mm -hmm. i i think with her you have to because you can't i think if you were to clean slate her and just be like well this is my laura you kind of lose a lot i think some writers do that where they 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 almost feel like they got to take ownership of the character and i don't think that is i think the best way is to kind of create a partnership with her and then plus the other writers and artists that have worked on her. That's, that's the best, you know, unless it's like a full on kind of like what ultimate Spider-Man were. It's like, we're playing in a whole new universe here where this yeah. was continuing Logan. I had read the death of Wolverine. We, you know, we knew it wasn't going to last, but still it's like, I'm always interested in what they do. And once he was gone, it made sense for, okay, she's carrying the ball. This is not a whole new universe. This is her, carrying the mantle. So you kind of have to, and obviously he respected that source material. So that's a good thing. Yeah, it continues on to saying, when you pick up Laura in All New Wolverine, number one, eight months will have passed. What can you tell us about the status quo and where her head is at when it begins? Will we see the events that led to her pick up the her biological father's mantle? He says, we will we eventually will, but honestly, we're dropping readers right into the action in issue one. We're not going to have time to really talk about or examine her head, her head space. She's in a very, very deep and she's in the very deep end of the pool. And by the end of the first issue, I'm not even going to guarantee that she still has her head on. <laughs> she goes on saying, you know, fair enough. Previous Wolverine series have been able to tell different kinds of stories because of the many roles the title character has played in the Marvel Universe, both in the present day and exploring in the past. What can you tell us about Laura's initial role in all new Wolverine? Says I don't want to give away too much, but when we first see her, she's going to be stuck between two factions that want to obliterate each other. She's actually going to be playing the role of a peacemaker and will be trying to stop them from obliterating each other. So she may be the best at what she does, but she really doesn't want to do that right now. She's trying to keep a lot of people alive and something that she's very, very angry about. I think the best Wolverine stories are the ones where it's Wolverine against the world, not a lot of backdrop or a team of people. 
that's what we're we're dealing with with Laura from the very beginning as well. This will be quite a solo book. There will be some familiar faces and some backup, but we really want to establish that she is the all new Wolverine and she doesn't need help from the other X-Men in at this phase. And I think you kind of brought that up. You know, this he they want to make sure that, you know, again, she's been on a team. She she's done this, she's been backup, she's been the clone of Wolverine, but Buck stops with her now. She's taking it up, she's taking on the mantle. Well, and yeah, that's what I said when we opened this podcast. Like this to me, but yeah, she's been in other issues. She's had other runs, but this to me felt like the first time of okay, she's the mainstay. She's the main character. It's not just the clone of Wolverine. She is like there's jokes they even make about this in this run, but she is Wolverine now. And they gave her, in my opinion, a run that warranted them calling her that. And I think it is very interesting too because I think the knee-jerk reaction and this is why i brought up dakin earlier but is to okay laura's gonna be there and yeah logan's gone but guess what this is just a female version of logan she's kicking ass she's destroying people she's out for blood and he brought the peacemaker thing and her peacekeeper and that's what she is in this she's fighting like her whole life since she's been a child she's been killing so it's interesting that like i said i think that's a smart it's a bold thing because i think a lot of people could have read this and be like ah, eh, like i just want wolverine action i want what he's known for and mm-hmm. you get that you get some you know uh, uh, slicing and dicing on all the stuff like that but it's much more centered and it's much more and we'll talk about that one of my favorite moments is there's just one moment with logan but i think that's another thing too if they could have spent this whole the first three issues could have been right after Logan's death. Should I, should I not be Wolverine, this or that tropes we've seen before. But I think the good thing of them dropping her in the action, like he was saying and dealing with the Wolverine stuff later was it's establishing her on her own. It's not just, okay, Logan's dead, but he's still kind of around because we're constantly flashing back to him. We're mm-hmm. constantly talking about him. His presence is all over this book. Like that's his daughter right? in, in the biological sense and technically these other four kids are as well so it's like he's all <laughs> yeah. over this but that's why i think it's a good job of like he's around it doesn't he doesn't have to be there in the thick of the action so i, I think they did a good job of getting her own representing wolverine in the past and kind of what they did in the future mm-hmm. uh the interview goes on and says so initially this is a very similar this is very much a superhero book in the vein of things like the original wolverine miniseries or enemy of the state storyline by mark miller and john romita jr it says yep we're very much concentrating on action there aren't many places to catch our breath in the first oversized issue laura slices through the pages of the first issue like <laughs> adamantium claws through butter he says what's your sense of laura's rogues gallery are you looking to refine and expand it he says yeah i think we are we've talked a lot about the past but there's a real desire and from a lot of people to not focus on the past in the series and look towards her future some people have asked if we're going to see laura's rogues gallery or if his or if logan's rogues gallery or if his enemies are going to become laura's to them, I would say she's more than capable of pissing off her own powerful people and bringing a lot of danger into her life on her own. She's stubborn, violent, and righteous as hell. So we'll see her start to get her own group of people annoyed with her, <laughs> just like her dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It uh, goes on to say, Laura and her antagonist will be brought to life by the artist coming off of run on adventures of another tough female protagonist, David Lopez, who drew Captain Marvel. He seems to be a great fit in this, this comic. He said, uh, Taylor says, David brings everything to this book. He's got the game for all of it. He can do fantastic action, and he's got this amazing energy, which I love. 
I'm not sure if you know this, but I was a professional juggler and fire eater for many years. And I grew up on the stage. I grew up in musicals and theater. So I like my character to be able to act. And one of the things that David does so well is his characters can act. They always have such a fantastic comic timing and beautiful expressions. David just brings these characters to life. And we kind of echo that at the beginning when going over it. He does mm-hmm. a real good job with this. Yeah, no, he. I think that's a really good quote of making them act, especially you got that a lot when I saw with the four sisters, not only the look, but they all have different personalities with Gabby, with Belena, with Laura. So it's just, yeah, you draw them differently, but they all feel different, which can be a risk if you're doing five of the same characters. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, this is the, which one's which? And yeah, sure, you put them in a mask, but if they just act all the same then it kind of makes Laura feel less unique and less special. But the good thing is that doesn't happen. And I will agree on the action stuff because not so much the world ending big crossovers. Usually I trust artists like that, but sometimes when you get hand to hand stuff. If people kind of draw it lazily, you're not that invested in it, but it does always feel kinetic. It feels quick and it does feel there's especially one panel we'll get into where it feels like you legitimately have to, the panels run together very well, like a one scene, almost like a flip book, like boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. And she's doing stuff. And that's all credit to him. Yeah. Last questions. He says, uh, finally, what types of stories are you and David interested in telling in all new Wolverine? It seems like you have a protagonist that leads herself into almost any type of story. Taylor says, yeah, Laura can go many ways. If you had read her origin stories, you'll know that she can go grim and gritty. Almost anyone would like almost anyone, but we do want her to be more of a superhero than super sad. We are going to be trying to tell slightly lighter stories than some of Logan's more powerful angsty tales. But at the same time, it's going to be Wolverine's angry about something and wanting to save people. There will be times when Laura will feel as if she's being manipulated or somebody's out to get her as if they're hurting people they shouldn't hurt. And she's going to be trying to save a bunch of people and resetting the scales of justice. I mentioned that Laura is going to be trying to not kill people, but I think Wolverine lends itself to a certain amount of stabbiness and Laura will feel that there are people out there who may not deserve death, but do deserve a light stabbing. <laughs> so that the, the uh, interview closed up by saying, so there will be definitely a sense of righteous indignation. He says, absolutely. I think considering where Laura's come from and the pain that she's come through, she won't want anyone to endure what she has. So, she has a real reason to fight for everybody. The reason she has to fight in our first arc, it's it's personal and it's twisted. I want to conclude by saying skint because that's the new that's that as the new writer Wolverine, I get to say skint as a as a punctuation. That comes with the job. Skint. <laughs> that's fun. Yep. So but yeah, so uh, so before we get into this, we're going to take our first ad break. So as you know, listeners, these ads help keep the lights on at the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. We don't get to choose what ads come on, and they sometimes can be a bit loud. So we're going to give you that three count to turn that volume down before they come on. Three, two, one. We'll be right back. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. So before we get into this, we've kind of hinted at it through uh, through our conversation through Tom Taylor. So any basic background before someone coming into this uh, needs to know what's going on? Well, yeah. If they had no idea, you have to say this is the clone or just daughter because they she pretty much refers to him as dad most mm-hmm. of the time, you know, like there's a few off the cuff, maybe jokes about being a clone, but if you're a comic fan, you gotta go, okay, it's Wolverine's daughter. He's dead. She's taking on the mantle and she's trying her best to maybe create a different path than the other Wolverine had. And then if you're not, let's say you're picking this up for the first time, I'd say, especially this run, the two things I'd say about is it's funny when we talked about ultimate X-Men the first time I was here, I compared it to mission impossible where it's like, that one's very much like a team secret agent being sent mm-hmm. things. This run, when I read the first time and rereading this again, it reminds me of a Bourne movie, the way where it's that kinetic energy is that kinetic action. But then there's also like a kind of government conspiracy theory going on. There's the classic like Bourne doesn't deal with clones, but there's a lot of people that are like him. So it's like if you like Bourne, if you like the action that it has and you like that type of on the run, can't trust anybody, you know, dealing with similar version of yourself, you have that. But also I think. It, it does deal with legacy and identity. And I think the way and what I've always attributed to my reason of really liking Laura just in general, because one, yes, I love Wolverine. But when we were talking about earlier, these legacy characters that take over the mantle, you know, like Falcon or Miles or Jonathan Kent. Mm-hmm. To me, what sets her apart is all those characters I name for the majority of them all go okay, can you live up to how great Captain America was? Can you live up to how great Spider-Man was? Can you live up to how great Captain Marvel is for Miss Marvel? For me with Laura is 
are you just as bad as your dad? And that's to me, that's the difference between everyone where, yeah, you can just look at that. Oh yeah. She's just another, it's Wolverine. They're carrying on, but no, it's different because everyone, this is always, whether it's for pause or now you're saying, Oh, your dad wouldn't react like that. Or why aren't you killing people? She has this where in other heroes, they might be looked upon as this point. Cause it's like, Oh, you're not saving as many people. You're not doing as well. People are not necessarily scared, but they easily judge her because of Wolverine's legacy, you know, Mm -hmm. and he has, that's why I've always said in the MCU, if he pops up, I'm always down with him to be kind of like an urban myth because he has a reputation that precedes him for, (laughs) he's still, he's always trying to redeem. And when he's trying to redeem himself, then he'll do something or act out and it kind of sets him, you know, one step forward, two steps back. So she just Mm kind of has this huge bag of bricks named Logan on her back, but He's also the guy that, because of his lifestyle, got her that way. So that's my pitch of like it's a born kind of spy thriller, but it's also this character trying to deal with the sins of her father. And with yes, of course, Logan is a hero, but he has a reputation of being an animal. You can't almost trust him, you know. Mm-hmm. And like I said, other heroes are just trying to prove they're great. She's just trying to prove she's not bad. <laughs> yeah, and, and the idea, like you said, like as kind of already said, Wolverine is dead. If you want to read that, read Death of Wolverine. His healing factor failed. Uh, you know, he was slowly dying and finally was killed. As we said, uh, it's comics. So frozen it was only in the uh, frozen adamantium on a <laughs> cliff. <laughs> As we know, uh, the, it's only a matter of time before he came back. So, yeah. but uh, but that's a story for another time. So she, it, it, you'll hear the nickname X23. She is the 23rd attempt at cloning Wolverine. So there are obviously others out there. And this is a story about some of those others. So, so yeah, I think uh, that's about all the kind of background at that point. So keys are yours. Where are we driving issue by issue? You can jump all around. The, the, the car is yours. Well, I'll jump to the very first thing just because it's kind of what I was talking about with Wolverine and Logan. And then you talked about in that interview as well. I think one of my first moments of, okay, I'm really liking the series was the flashback to Wolverine. And it's when they're on the X-Force together and it's when he was alive. And there's a situation where she gets shot by a bazooka or a rocket launcher. And she goes, I could have killed them. And he goes, oh, well, you didn't. But she takes that as like, oh, I messed up. I should have killed them. And that's where he puts in the kind of moral lesson that I think the series puts out and what Tom Taylor was putting on the interview as well. And just in the work is you're the best at what you can do, but doesn't mean you have to do it. And I think that's a good thing with this. You saw that a little bit as far as in the X-Men movies, those were Logan's mm-hmm. last words. Don't be what they made you to be, you know? And that's where it's just like, she has, cause it, it she, I think she has that bad past. She is a bit more lighthearted than Logan in general, lots of times, but still She's even meant that she could easily fall in the trap of being that animalistic, savage, you know, just see blood red. And I really like that flashback of one. Again, in these six issues, that's the only one we get of Logan. So it's again, Logan's around, but it's not like every issue we're flashing to him. And it's kind of like, oh, people miss Wolverine, but we'll Mm -hmm. put in some stuff. No, it's you get this one. It's a good setup for people that they haven't read anything. X-Men, okay, this is a relationship she had. And you could see Logan trying to pass on this knowledge plus there's just good humor in there of like oh i'm ready to go he's like no kid you got shot by a rocket launcher like you gotta you gotta sit this one out for a little bit and when she stands up and she has like her kidneys and outside like outside <laughs> her body and he's like i don't think that's how you're supposed to be healing you need to sit down and that's where it's great because wolverine initially if you read these comic books and even in the x-men evolution like he is not a character who was fond of the idea of having a daughter having a son having someone to look after but at the same time he took that 
on like nobody else. Logan has a heart of gold. Unfortunately, it's just hidden behind a lot of brutal damage and walls. But this is him, especially near the later issues, him bestowing some fatherly information on her, which is Logan that I do like to see because he's mm-hmm. that that that's the Logan I like. I know people watch and Logan love, and I think mainstream they love him because he's the badass with claws. But for me, it's yeah, he's that badass with claws. But what is he behind all that? What is he under the cowl? And with these moments of Laura, you get to see him that way and see why laura can see okay maybe i i if this guy who's done this his whole life is telling me not to do it maybe i shouldn't do that and that's the whole way you're talking about tom taylor as far as trying not to kill so really like that flashback and that setup for them yeah no it's it's good you know the good thing is that's pretty much the only time we do see logan in this and i think it's kind of hard to at least initially not have some sort of frame of reference or a flashback Mm. memory of logan but i do like at least in these six issues it's the only time we see him outside of her her now current suit at that point because later on in the series she will don a new one of her own um that you 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 don the yellow and blue in that in that costume you know who you're dealing with Mm-hmm. Well, especially too, she's and it, that's what I do like about when he was talking about that in the interview too. Is I, I've always said we don't know what's gonna happen in the movies coming up, but that's why I still could see a world where eventually we just get Logan as a character and her as Wolverine. Because if you look at the X Men being a team trying to solve problems, she's a much better Wolverine in the sense of she's more diplomatic, she's more friendly with people, she's much more of a team player. Wolverine's that way now, like in later issues, especially even some of Hickman's stuff, because it's it's years later, right? It's decades. They have to change up the character. But if you go from, okay, look at, I don't know, Logan's first five years of being on the X-Men and then Laura's, I'm sure that Logan did a lot more worse than better, where she, I think, is trying to, again, she's learned from that because that's what he did. But I think that's also, it feels like even though he didn't know he was going to die, it feels like he is, and even though he has long-lasting life, it's like he's trying to get her ready for that moment. And she is ready, and we see that as far as she's a much better leader. And, you know, she still has her issues. We'll talk about, like, even with Warren later on. Like, she's very closed off at times, but then she'll throw in some, you know, jokes to kind of break the tension. But so she has those Wolverine tensies, like most people do with their fathers or daughters or whatever. But I, I think they do a good job of even in that flashback establishing that she still has a – a bit more humor and like i said i think she's a much better team player and we learned that going forward oh yeah so so yeah what else what else you want to focus on uh, yeah and yeah that's the only thing i was going to shout out to just because it kind of comes a little bit as we get that great set piece of in paris where she just gets this note of hey you gotta go to this location and that's where i th- i think when i read this for the first time i was excited for her to get her solo issue but i was like, okay what's going to be the driving plot and then once they reveal the four clones it's really good but just what i was talking about before is i didn't feel like her and angel being a couple was not something i was gonna peg you know it was just something <laughs> yeah. that when it happened i was and they go on an interesting relationship in this whole arc and whatnot but i think it's good because like i said she at times is closed off but one of my favorite just like comedy panels is when she's heard and he's like don't hug me like and he's like oh what did i do he's like it's not anything because of emotional i'm not like mad at you i'm just in a lot of pain so just don't hug me right now and he walks <laughs> over and he like pats her on the head and he's like this is really embarrassing he's like yeah i know but then she's like i didn't tell you to stop so <laughs> yeah like and, it she said did you just pat me on the head yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then later on in the issue that she is you'd feel like it might be an important thing but when he drops her off at his apartment or her, her apartment she kind of shushes him away and he doesn't know what to think about that you get that one panel of him flying away looking kind of maybe upset and that's where 
that's where she's kind of like Logan, where she can be closed off for her own personal gain. But I I, I, I liked that dynamic because Warren is just so many times an X-Men, like not a goody two-shoe, but just a very lighthearted guy, like a very nice guy, other than when Apocalypse like maybe messes up his life. But uh, it's 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 an interesting dynamic, those two. We don't get much of it in here, but what we do get, I really like. Yeah, it's cool. And there's a lot of backstory. People say, that's Angel? Why does he have fire wings? Uh, you're going to have to read, and I don't have enough time to go into why he <laughs> yeah. has fire wings right now. <laughs> yeah. What about you? I got a couple more, but what, what about you to shout out? Yeah, it's, you know, lo- looking at it, I, I like just how, again, that they're right. That first issue is basically all action, and that's what we want to That's what we as fans of Wolverine and, and Laura, you know, we want to see and kind of do that. But I like the idea of, you know, she's she's doing everything possible not to kill even in this issue. And that becomes a big yes. thing throughout the arc. She doesn't want to kill. She wants to try to find another way because again, if, especially if she's trying to solve this mystery of what's going on, especially with the revelation of the, the attacker is her, a clone of her, her being dead is not going to help her solve this. So she knows that, you know, I'll wound, I'll do anything, but I need to try to keep any of these people alive or anyone alive to get information out. So, and I think even Logan, despite being the, the rabid Wolverine, he understands that too, that in at something that when Laura was brought to the scene, she took a while because again, for her abuse and the things that happened to her, she was feral and she mm-hmm. had to learn how to kind of adjust and learn. And so it's very good to see that she has taken those lessons, even though, yes, yeah, she's bred to be a killer. She knows, especially being on, uncanny x-force and things like that that even being clandestine you can't always be black ops no no and that's the interesting thing like talking about logan and telling the four sisters she's in this legacy sandwich as far as she's dealing with the past and she's dealing with the just the legacy of one being wolverine and being on the x-men which there's not much in this these issues but they refer to him a few times but much like logan when she wants to do something she's like no i'm not like this is my own thing like i don't want anyone else involved that pure logan move when Sabretooth is in town no i'm gonna take care of this bub and he goes off on his own the team has to go help logan but like she is different in that way where she's a bit more friendly with people but the thing is like you have what we already referred to as far as the legacy of wolverine but then also her father and dealing with the, okay i'm not gonna kill but then now it's already she's having to play the role of logan in my opinion a much more sooner than logan had to because x23 came mm-hmm. in like early 2000 somewhere around there where yeah she's been around for you know under 20 years now but in the comics she's still relatively young in her kind of ex wolverine career and the fact that she's already having to take care of not one but four obviously okay three because the one gets taken out right away in paris but still (laughs) three different versions of herself so now it's like she's trying to struggle with herself to okay i'm gonna go on a different path not kill try and be a better wolverine that my father wanted me to be but then i also have to try and like put that knowledge onto these other people as well. So it's like, she's still trying to figure out her life and make sure she stays on track, but then she also has to make sure they are as well. You know, it's, it's, it just is almost like at work when you're doing a job. And if there's someone you work with, that's a little incompetent and you go, you also have to pick up their slack. Luckily, this is a different situation because she, you know, knows what they've been through again, talking about legacy. They've been through the same thing as her abuse, use just weapons. So again, that's where it's just such a good kind of, like mirror as far as like you have logan on one side but then she's also literally looking at herself like belina mm-hmm. has that line there on the gabby of like when will i ever will i ever see you again she's like yeah when you look in the mirror and you're not smiling but it's it's just interesting that you feel like laura has to have a lot of 
identity, not issues, but just uh, thoughts in her life because she's dealing always with she's a clone and these are clones and clones of me and clones of my father. And it's it's a lot for a person to take in, but she tries to stay as cool, calm, collected. Her main mission is just try to keep everyone alive and help out these sisters, you know? Yeah, and especially, you know, as you get into the second issue, you know, you, you, you know, like Taylor had said, there's not a lot of, and he doesn't do this to make it be detriment to all action, action, but there's, he knows there's a balance between, okay, you got to have a little bit of exposition before we get into the action. And so, you know, we get some establishment of, you know, that this organization, Alchemix, is looking for basically these sisters. And yeah. she's trying to track them down. And she knows exactly what they're looking for, but it's just finding out who they are. And, you know, when suddenly one of them shows up at her apartment, it's just like, okay, we there. She's you, Laura's using Alchemix to find these sisters because, again, yes. she's trying to figure out and save them. Well, and that's what I like to where I uh, compared to the born or like a spy throw that first issue is, okay, is she actually going to help them out? Mm. Is she, which side is she going to go? And then even then, once she finds the sister, she doesn't report them right away. But then when they're in the sewers and you have the whole Alchemax team show up and everything like that, she's trying to be diplomatic. She's not like taking the fight and the escape. She wants to go, okay, let's talk it out. I want them to like let these girls leave but i gotta leave with them because pretty much insinuate like doesn't trust any of them they shouldn't because they're just kind of a weapon x equivalent right like anytime there's mm-hmm. some anytime there's some bad scientist that has wanting to do some of the logan's genes it's like it's a spinoff of wolverine and weapon x but they're even tricky in like a spy thriller way of like i love the little twist stuff they keep finding them throughout the first and second issue and how mm-hmm. are they doing this and before when she went into the first time they cut her just to like test her healing abilities or whatnot but they had slid in a trip these micro chips and whatnot that come into play later on and that was very clever of like i don't get how they're doing this and then they she finally figures it out so it is this kind of who can you trust sort of game and obviously we kind of i feel like we know like right away we're gonna be on laura's side and these scientists <laughs> yeah. are probably not not good you know but at, at least that once they're bad it they have a few more tricks up their sleeve as well like even the issue just ending with like look taskmasters here <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> it's like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah and i wasn't expecting it and that's where honestly all the people that appear in these issues i was not expecting but tom taylor makes them completely make sense in the story taskmaster okay they wanted someone that's a bit more stronger than these scientists weapons or these scientist soldiers so they brought in this guy man we'll talk about later but man he gets messed up uh but like and then later <laughs> yeah. on with wasp it made sense of if you were to tell me, hey, Doctor Strange and Wasp are going to be in the all-new Wolverine right away, I'd be like, okay, Wasp, okay, maybe I could find a way. But people be like, Doctor Strange, like, that doesn't really make much sense to me. And even I love that scene or that panel where, you know, I'm Doctor Strange, what do you need, Wolverine? And she goes, well, I don't need this Strange, I need the Doctor. And, like, again, a clever way of just being like, oh, yeah, he was, like, in my mind, like, he was a Doctor. Maybe she's not there for this magical stuff. And that's a fun set piece. But yeah, Taskmaster was a really fun addition. He's not in it that much, but I just remember when he popped up, I was like, okay, this makes complete sense. I'm excited to see where it goes. And man, it uh, it doesn't go good for him, Chris. No, it doesn't. It, I just <laughs> love it. Like, oh, you come, like, they shoot all, like, you know, the Alchemix comes when, tries to, you know, take them all down when Laura refuses to kind of hand them over. And Taskmaster, you know, you know, at that point, we know he thinks he's killed him, but he doesn't at that point. But yeah. man, it's a, it's a it's a it's a pretty cool fight between uh you know Laura and him at that point. But you know, considering that we get to see 
see Taskmaster in uh in Black Widow, it'll be interesting to see betrayal, but he almost looks somewhat comical in this and not as threatening. Yeah. I, I just gotta say that. I, I did not I was not necessarily fearing Taskmaster <laughs> in this one as much as I've seen him in the past. Well, I think that's one thing with Laura is she's been so out of control her whole life. Where Wolverine, he was abused a lot and he was definitely like a weapon, but I think the thing was with his memories being wiped, he just knew, okay, a lot of bad things happened to me, but I didn't know exactly where Laura, she doesn't have that same problem. She remembers everything that happened to her. So she's had this whole life of being under people's thumb, being a project. That's where you see it with this. You see it with the, oh, what is the professor's name? Chandler. You see it with him later on where she kind of embarrasses Taskmaster and makes her like him his plaything. And later on, same thing too. She refers to the scientist as her property when she's just yeah. he's crawling and she's just kind of like booting him along. She has her cloth threatening him. And that's where I feel like that's like a kind of PTSD as far as she's dealing with. She's all, she's always been on the other end of that, of those people doing mm-hmm. that to her. Obviously, you get like Kamira at the end of the series. But like that's where I feel like with Taskmaster that it's in a way where people bring up how Spider-Man will like make fun of villains and whatnot. And that's his way of kind of getting back as he has bullied his whole life. This is that. But to the nth degree of like, oh, yeah, same thing like Tom Taylor said, like, I think this quenches the thirst of Wolverine's fans because, yeah, she didn't just take Taskmaster, cut his head off like, oh, good, I killed him. But is pretty brutal. He gets stabbed multiple times. His whole hand gets ripped in half by her foot claw. So it's the same thing of like, yeah, she's not killing people, but she is brutalizing them. And I think I I really like that because yeah, Logan would just kill them. But this to me is a bit more scary because I feel like when she takes that mask off of Taskmaster, he looked frightened. He did look like he because he had that fight under control for about 20 seconds. Yeah. And then it went bad because he didn't know what the foot claw. So he just thought he overestimated the situation. But he looked scared when she took the mask off. And like you said, it was comical. But I don't I didn't take that as like they're punching down at Taskmaster. I think it was just raising her to show like, man, she can she's a she is a weapon even though she's fighting that she mm-hmm. was bred to be a weapon and you can see taskmaster who's a master uh, you know mathematician and a tactician he was dispatched pretty quickly by laura yeah and just in epic fashion at that point but you know it's just because they they you know they're they've got the body armor on and everything like that you know the sisters are you know they're just like especially gabby's like oh okay well you know <laughs> they're all done it's like nothing's over and they mm-hmm. got to escape and of course uh, they're going to choose an alchemix vehicle of course they're going to get tracked it, it leads to kind of a nice epic you know car chase and battle Mm-hmm. Well, there's a few things. One, again, that's to me very born superhero-ish of like it's there's bazookas going on, there's guns going on in the middle of that. That's when she realizes the chip and stuff. So it's just it's it, it feels like that scene a lot too in Winter Soldier when Nick Fury is getting called down by Shield and they think he's you know like when he's being framed and everything like that, like street race and stuff. That's what that feels like, and I really like that. Feels like heat. Feels like sometimes Mission Impossible feels like collateral. So feels like the good fast and furious ones uh so that that's great because it gives you this very action like you got this thriller vibes you got the spy vibe and then you got the uh like i said action but then there's some comedy in the middle of that there was comedy right before when they're just I, I, it reminds me a lot of in Dark Knight Rises when Batman and Catwoman are fighting back to back for the first time and he's mm-hmm. beating everybody up and she's beating up but she gets a gun and she goes to shoot and he kicks the gun out of her hand and she says no killing and she goes where's the fun in that that's the dynamic in this where it's not that they're killing for fun, but it's just what they know and they want to take out threats. So 
they come to this conclusion of no, we're not going to kill Taskmaster. But then Bolina decides, well, she's going to kneecap him in both knees so he can't come for them. <laughs> so if Taskmaster was going to fall them at all. He definitely wasn't now. And even then, they give this whole situation of the guards, and that's where again the morality right before even on this road because they're trying not to kill these guards. They're trying to just dispatch them, hurt them, mm-hmm. except for Bolina, who is just like. She's all down to just go out and destroy and kill as many as possible. But I like right before they got in that truck, she says, what if you kill this guard who's just following orders and he is a kid? You know, and she talks about, you know, what if he plays? And then Belina goes, well, what if he played piano? And then the great B and she, I think she's really good in these six issues. But Gabby, she's not a massive breakout character. But if you're a fan of X-Men Wolverine, I think people love the Gabby character. She's very mm-hmm. like, she's just gelled with it so well. And there's just such a cute little moment where she walks over and puts the fingers beside him. Like, Oh, well, just in case he does play piano, <laughs> yeah. I want him to have it's his so, fingers. It's so creepy, but it's yeah, so innocent it's so at the same humor. time. Yeah. And it's, it, that to me is like very Wolverine, but Wolverine would like make a joke about the violence in a way of like, Oh, you know, I'm going to do this. And then he does it. This was just like a little kid. Like, Oh, here's, here's your fingers. Here's you go. And if you read, if you look at that situation, like, man this is messed up but it all fits in the universe you know it, it, it's really it's there's some really good light-hearted moments in here it's not too heavy but when it is heavy it, it gets there well yeah and especially you know at the end of that whole car chase you know you talk about like people who you don't expect to be showing up at that point they end up at the the sanctum santorum mm-hmm. it's like oh okay so dr strange is in this too okay cool <laughs> well yeah and and like i said it Tom Taylor takes that expected and makes it go, oh, yeah, this makes sense because they reveal that they're slowly dying. They have something in them. And she goes, okay, well, what could we be? We go to Dr. Strange. We get this fun little set piece of you know them going to hospital. And like, oh, they owe me for so much. So I just walk around here. But that's that whole set pieces. And this is where I don't know if this will become a movie or a Disney series one day. But like this, the way this series is laid out, I could see this being a Disney Plus series because much like that uh, episode of Loki that no one will understand episode three when we were recording it was this fun adventure being in dr strange sanctum Sanctorum four a bunch of people had no idea who dr strange is no idea what he's capable of so when they get in there like why is this cupboard looking at me like why does it have eyes and then when they open up it's not some big spell or anything or it's not a spell or something it's like this gateway to these big monsters and that was it was really fun that that's yeah. happening and then it leads to more alchemax guys catching up to them and then it leads to another great character moment of laura literally giving uh oh what's his uh what's the character's name the guard the main guards for uh is it it's money or manny or something like that the uh um, oh mooney mooney is his name so yeah Mm -hmm. he's the main he's like the the muscle for chandler there and they have this instance where they get him out of the vehicle and she hurts him and laura explains everything she does like i took out these guards i took out your vehicle you can't walk right now you got a broken leg and this is what i did to you actively trying not to kill you if i see you one more time you won't be so lucky when it happens and that this that issue issue three there is just such a fun you beat dr strange there's a big monster that breaks out in new york you get some good action going on and again it's like a nice little sideway but then they figure out what is going on and they have these little nanites in them that are it's terrible like these they, it's worse than lore because they brought them to life and they literally brought them life with an expiration date on them they yeah. went, well we're gonna use these girls until they go away and that's where these girls broke out classic the government was making it seem like they started fire and they're killing guards no they just found out oh if we could only live for you know 10 years or something like that 15 years well let's get out of here now because i don't want to spend the rest of my life in this 
cage in this asylum and right away it gives all those four sisters motives who we already kind of rooting for because we want them to be free but Mm -hmm. right then even worse you go wow this is really brutal these people are just being made to die you know just being watched over exactly so but before we continue on we're going to take our last ad break listeners as you know again these uh, ads help keep the lights on the geek ultimate alliance network we don't get to choose what ads come on and they can be a bit loud so i'm going to give you that three count to turn that volume down to save those eardrums three two one we'll be right back with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. So, all right. So we've got three, three down, three to go. You know. Well, yeah. Oh go yeah. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I was just gonna say my last point. Doctor Strangers is one panel that was really good, where they're talking for the first time, and she, he says, "I'm like, oh, you're replacing him," and she goes, uh, "I know there are people who disprove." guys on the internet mainly yes great great line but then she just continued with but i'm not replacing him uh i don't really know what i'm doing yet and that's where you know and then she goes i'm gonna be very proud of you yeah but he had a pretty <laughs> low standards so it's great that she kind of like takes shots at her dad because like yeah logan at times like a scummy scumball guy like look at his whole life he spent just trying to break up scott and gene sometimes you're know, like i love him but that's where he that's where he has a heart of gold but he also is a sh- little shit disturber at times so he that's why i love that yeah she's wolverine and she's taking on the mantle but this great conversation with a guy that knew her dad but she's like you talked about that tom Taylor interview she's not i'm wolverine and here i am she's still trying to figure it all out right now she's just on a mission to save these people that had a similar origin to her abused used and have these expiration dates like we talked about but it was a nice moment where we're having a big adventure but it brings it down and again like i was talking about it talks about the essence or the shadow of logan but doesn't have to be a whole five six panel flashback of some adventure they went on it's just no strange referring to him talking about it and i just love that like it's we were talking earlier it emphasizes that she She's still trying to figure it out. And much like Logan was always trying to figure out, but she's really trying to figure out, you know, a- am I an X-Men? You know, like, is that my life now? I'm going to be part of a yeah. superhero squad, you know, or am I just doing this? What do I do if I go save these girls? So I really liked that back and forth. No, it was definitely good. And then, you know, they tells him where, he, you know, they need to go <laughs> inside one of the sisters at that point. And the only way to do that is, to get the Ant-Man suit. Well, you're going to run into either Ant-Man or the Wasp, and we're going to run into the Wasp on this one. Mm-hmm. Really fun. Really, like This is a really fun set piece that I hope one day they do in the MCU of putting some characters in a needle and going inside a body to get something out. And it's just, it's such a set piece. But again, I guess I'll tie it into that when Janet is, they're in the body of, um, oh, what's the sister that passes away? I can't remember. There's Belenia, there's Gabby. Uh, yeah, if, yeah, flip through because she she's uh, unfortunately she bites the dust here next because they couldn't in time because they figure out okay these nanites are so small they can't get in there they need something small like chris was referring to so they're literally just like magic school busing it they're like in her bloodstream and they're going through organs very good that's a very good call like magic school busing i like it that's what it reminded me of and but janet says like hey we don't have much time we might not be able to do this but i love that 
they're swimming and then they see the very first like little micro robot there and she goes wow or janet goes wow and laura's like what she's like if this was logan he would have been over there already destroying it and you see that that's another thing these other legacy characters that have known wolverine for decades referring to like she has so much restraint because she doesn't want to even risk like logan is hilda okay hilda Oh, Zelda. Zelda, right? Zelda. How did I forget Zelda? Oh, my God. I have all the names, like the most like <laughs> popular one. But that's why I like that. Lo- Logan is a classic. Clint Eastwood shoot first, ask questions later. But Laura goes, well, I don't know what's going to happen if I destroy this thing. But then we get a great set piece of it's really fun as far as like you have three things going on. You see Zelda outside, like feeling a little bit better, feeling worse. You see uh, Mooney and his team approaching. But then you also just get this great panel of Wasp and Logan or Wolverine back to back and they're fighting all the micro robots and everything mm-hmm. like that. And it, it, it's really good and it's going well until uh, Mooney finds when there's a big explosion and that just messes up the bloodstream big time. And they're just like hitting a tidal wave. And unfortunately for Zelda, they didn't have enough time to uh, get her and she, she dies on the table and it's uh it's sad because that's the first one that goes and it to me gives some stakes too, because it shows, okay, it's not going to be, we already lost one in Paris, but now with one of our main ones, especially they were Sly Devil in issue six, they're all on the uh-huh. uh, cover. So you go, okay, there she's going to survive, but nope, she lost <laughs> that first one. And to me, that shows stakes for Laura. And it also, what you never want to do to a Wolverine, whether it's her or Logan, it pisses her off a little bit. And that's, <laughs> that's not good. Cause that's a uh, motivation for her. Oh, exactly. And before we head into the last one, I love uh, when, uh, you know, the beginning of the issue, when uh, Janet, you know, goes like, how did you get in here? Who got, who sent you here? And Laura says, Oh, Dr. Strange sent us strange. Just teleport you. Of course he did. And then he calls her, uh, she calls him up and leaves the base. He's saying, I don't care where you are. You at least give me a courtesy. Don't just send some assassins in here that are going to be screwing up my stuff. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, just give me a heads up. Like, I'm not saying no, but it would be nice to know. But uh, <laughs> yeah. And then as I was flipping through, I, I meant to say this one, but in the last issue too, I forgot to bring up is, this is like a flashback uh, as far as one things I really like as far as a trope in Days of Future Past, the movie. There's a great moment where Xavier reads the mind of Logan and you see mm-hmm. everything he's went through. And you have that in Doctor Strange. He has that panel where he sees like yep. everything. And he's like, man, you've been through quite a bit. How are you not acting the way Logan did? But yeah, that was really fun as far as <laughs> just call me. Let me know. But Janet, the great hero she is, she's like, OK, we're going to help out. And then like we talked about. Mooney comes there and they just mess everything up and a uh, big firefight after, but that leads us to our, uh, our uh, final issue here in the yeah. series, which yeah, very cool cover of just Wolverine looking bloody bolt holes everywhere. <laughs> all the girls with guns and stuff. And yeah, all the covers were fun. All the, I really liked the team up cover of uh, Laura and Dr. Strange too. That was really yes. cool. vision. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I do like about her bump, she's bumped into these characters before some of them, but what I liked about her bumping to him in her solo run is this is again with legacy. She, these people like Dr. Strange talking to her, they're accepting while well, she's Wolverine. Now this is a big step for her. It's not just, Hey, this is the clone of Logan. This is her daughter. This is Wolverine. Now she's taking on the mantle and she's kind of brushing all these people. It's almost like a little, like a graduation in the sense that she has to meet like other Avengers or other heroes that Logan's dealt with mm-hmm. and kind of create her relationship. And there's a great moment too in this story where, she she uh they get all the info 
pretty much what this is. This is a high. This is a heist moment in this uh, issue. But she gets all the info because they know they're bad. But Alchemax is still on the outside, like oh, classic Weapon X and stuff. We're trying to do good. We're just doing experiment. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. Okay. But she gets all this information about it, and I love that she calls Hill. Like who are you talking to? She calls Maria Hill, and she's like, hey, "I'm uploading this to your drive. Everything like this." And Maria Hill goes, "Only eight people have this phone number, and one of them is dead." And she goes, "Well, yeah, I got it from the dead one." <laughs> <laughs> it's like you should know who this is by now. But it's like so many good like sudden appearances. But I love like the fake out of like so in, good in, in, in the sense like you think Valera's dead and it's really Laura in disguise and Valera's in um you know her her uh all new Wolverine's costume Laura's costume at that point but yeah very it, high, it, very like Ocean's 11 that like this is what this mm-hmm. moment is and it's very Ocean 11 of you're thinking one thing and then when she's on the table and the scientist is looking and he's like the hair and he sees like a few black strands of hair yep. meshing with her, the blonde <laughs> wig and he's like and then you take it off and she just sneaks and takes the claws out and just like you're gonna work for me and those scientists buckle quick they they did not put up a fight they're like we'll do whatever you want blah 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 it reminded me of iron man three of the guy who's just like i just work here these people are weird that's what these scientists were like i'll do anything just don't don't hurt me with your foot claw Mm-hmm. And, and you know speaking of foot claw at that point you know she, the doctor thinks she's going to get away he says the ends will justify the means of course i get to walk away she's like i don't think you understand and then takes out the her foot claw and slices slices them in the legs saying see you can't walk away without hamstrings that's oh. that's, a, that's a total logan move <laughs> yes and i couldn't even i just because i've watched professional wrestling my whole life i know I don't know the pain, but I've heard enough and looked into it enough about the pain of just like pulling or tearing a hamstring. <laughs> so if you were to cut that off, that is uh immobilizer. But yeah, this was the scene I was referring to where, yeah, he's just crawling around like someone that just hit in a bear trap and she's the hunter and she is just like towering over him. And because the thing of Laura, she's a more toned superhero. She's not like a, you know, Jane Thor where she's muscly. She's more toned. She's not the size of Logan, but in that moment, she's she could be the size of, of Galactus because she's just towering mm-hmm. over him and he can't do anything. And uh, and we didn't establish this either, too, as far as kind of their get out of jail free cards. We can go there. We can mess up. We can stop this. But Laura is like in honor to kind of get like immunity from shield. We can't kill anybody. And that's where it kind of takes a turn where we cut to she has him the Chandler, the scientist pinned in the ground. But then Mooney on the other side has bumped into Gabby. And Belina, and that doesn't go well for him. And there's just this great kind of sad moment for multiple reasons. Of one, she is never going to be the same way as Laura or possibly Gabby. But mm-hmm. it, it's this great moment where she kind of knows that, and she says to Gabby, "Like, just go around the corner. Like, I don't want you to see this." So it kind of feels like she knows that there is hope for Gabby, but for her, not so much. So she kills Moody, and that's kind of she decides she's going to have to leave because that was the deal. You can't kill anybody. We want to take them live, and then she's off. And obviously. I recommend you go read the rest of Tom Taylor's arcs went up, but there's more with her, but she is met with the Kamara who is, if you don't know her, she is a, just a very terrible villain from at Laura's past. She's involved in like what, well, what, whatever you want to call it back then, whatever variation weapon X it was at that mm-hmm. point. And she was like Laura's handler and really bad stuff going on, abused her. I'm pretty sure she was the one that was taking out the person that like Laura considered her mother and stuff. Like she had a lot to do mm-hmm. with that. So yeah, it's uh they kind of write her off quickly, but I liked she, the she's kind of little... she and she's kind of like in the sense of her saber tooth. Yes, yeah, you know, just just not as 
complicated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and a bit more humanity because I think Sabretooth would have never asked of like, uh, or were you talking about like Kamara was? Yeah, Kamara. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, okay. She's, yeah. she's very, very cut and dry at that point. Yeah. You know where she stands. You know, yeah, she yeah. is powered at that point. But her involvement in this goes a lot deeper in these first six issues than we realized until you read on. But talk about the revelation of Gabby what she reveals to us as the readers with Chandler. Yeah. Well, it's a great moment too, because Laura, she says, I want to talk to him privately. And Laura walks away. And before we get into like what you're talking about, when she meets her next, she goes, Oh, did you kill her? And she says, no. And then she kind of consults her. But in that moment it is almost Laura, even though she's a little child, letting her letting Gabby pick the path she's going to go on. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, I, I, I can give you so much help, but at the end of the day, whether you're going to kill or not, that's up to you. And yeah, you get the reveal of the one bone claw sticking out of the arm, which was great because when we talked about earlier Taskmaster, when she sh- when he shot and killed them all, I didn't think they were for sure alive because we didn't know if they had the exact powers. Correct. They could have been failed experiments. So the fact that it reveals like, okay, she has one claw. It's the classic bone claw was really good. And I love she just slams it down. And she says, I just want this to be a reminder. Like, this is how close you were. To being killed and then she walks away and she well sorry she doesn't walk away she skips away and it's just such a great <laughs> panel her arms behind her yeah. back and she's so juvenile so that's a good thing where it shows that even more so than laura she still has some uh per like childlike wonder left in her like she definitely was experimenting mm-hmm. on like laura but she is the same way laura had a bit more humanity than logan gabby even has more than laura which is a good thing and i think obviously you'll if you read the rest of these arcs and whatnot it's all about kind of containing that and keeping making sure that stays the same but you also have to be realistic with this girl and go well people are always going to hunt you and be after you but it's a really great moment she gets it, it is especially you know you think of the history of of logan and the clones at that point you know dakin has two you know mm-hmm. has three it's got the two in the front and then the underneath uh, under his wrist at that point um and then you know laura's got the two and the thing and then the foot and now we get like the one claw at that point and it's just kind of it's just interesting that because like you said the, these clones we knew they were heightened mm-hmm. but they weren't invulnerable they didn't have a healing factor they just were heightened of what you know the brain activity and just being able to you know kill and sneak through but no claws until this revelation so like you said this is just the first six issues and gabby has a much bigger part to play in in laura's life yeah and i recommend if you liked what we talked about or if you've read them before or heard about them definitely go check them out it's uh it's a really good adventure that they take them on and and if you like the incorporation of other characters they're there and plus when we talk about the use of logan i think later on they use logan a bit more but one in some ways you wouldn't expect but two mm-hmm. just that's when it's more warranted when it's like you've almost had time to sit with laura and really get to know her and get what she's gonna do and uh yeah and there's some some really brutal stuff that goes on. All I have to yeah. say is the airplane spray, and oh man, that is uh, that's some terrible stuff going on. <laughs> exactly. So, and looking at you know the impact of initial release of this, you know her, the character, the character of Laura Kinney X twenty three has ever since her introduction in comics has been growing and growing in support. The mm-hmm. character was in the movie Logan at that point, so you know bringing her in a little more mainstream. She's become one of the probably one of the most favored new introductions of X characters in there. In fact, in uh. Hickman's Hickman's X-Men universe at this point, they're relaunching X-Men at this point. And she is the main Wolverine on the new team for the upcoming run. 
So uh, the upcoming relaunch of X-Men. So which is nice to see. Yeah. And I think it's 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 interesting with this character because she almost did get rebranded with this thing as far as being all new Wolverine. Yep. One, I, I think much like the movies, you'll never have a character called all new anything. But like for the <laughs> comic books, it works and stuff like that. Right. But I think she spent so long as X-23 slash Laura and now she's Wolverine. That kind of stunted the growth as far as her being like a huge fanfare. It's definitely mm-hmm. happening now, but I feel like she it's funny, like she was introduced before them and she's been in a movie, like a live action movie, but I would still say like Miles Morales or Miss Marvel are more popular. Yeah. But I feel like Laura is it's kind of like Miles and Miss Marvel was a few years ago before like a video game. So like that. she's definitely building, and I think there's going to be a time where she is kind of a whether that's the movies or whatnot, she's a very big mainstay. And I think that's already once she's kind of st- like this cement herself in the comics is like you said she's coming back as wolverine that helps but i think in the next decade you'll have a i guess it depends what they do with the x-men but i think she will have the same way miles had a moment the same way miss marvel i think is about to have a moment she's going to be a very popular character because i feel like more and more people do read this i feel every year and i feel that people really like there's this moment i haven't read it but i guess there's this moment in the uh they're doing like that X-Men gala, like comic book yeah, right health, now. Where the, health Mara gala. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, it's very like tongue in cheek in a good time. And there's just this panel that was just trending for a while. or really talk about where she's like trying to get a dress on and she's like falling down the steps. And that's where it's a good thing with like, you have a bit more versatile versatility with this character where Logan, like he had humor, but it wasn't that type of humor. So <laughs> yeah. I think there will be a, a timeline where, like you said, she's already getting more and more popular. I'm just saying that like miles and like miss Marvel, they're that, top tier of like these are new characters who are getting really popular i think one day she's going to be there even though she's already had a movie i just think that more people when she kind of is more cemented as another wolverine because logan i've always said this he doesn't need to be wolverine he's logan you know people know yeah. people know the fact that there's been a movie called logan and you know like he doesn't have to be that and he can still be that character so yeah so what makes this one of your your favorite kind of you know i know it's for six issues but i know you love the the series as a whole what makes this kind of your favorite you know, ser- one of your favorite series and the impact it's had on you. Yeah, well, I think the way that we talked about these first six issues as far as there's great character development, there's surprises, and there's really dark moments that happens throughout these series, but like it gets worse and worse. And like I said, if you've read this and you know about like the like the plane spray and stuff like that, that's all I'll say. But you know, like when I read that, I was like, oh my God, I, w- I could not wait for the next issue. And I feel like it's just a roller coaster and it's a perfectness of, yeah, you know, sometimes there's stuff I want to read where it's like, yeah, I'm just going to be in depressing mood. But I think this series has something for everyone where it does get dark, but then you have light hard moments with Laura with, uh, with uh, Gabby, you have like a relationship there with Warren, but it never feels too much. Like sometimes movies or TV shows or comics dub where they're like the love story is just really overtaken. It's really cheesy. I, so for me, I think it was just, what happens in these first six issues continues to happen, but gets better and better. It's just a roller coaster. And I think to me, I just remember once it was all done, which is like, wow, they really, it was the establishing of a new character. And like, for me, like a new writer, as far as Tom Taylor being like, man, I'm going to stick with this forever. But Laura wasn't new, but that to me felt like this was the thumbprint as far as, okay, the way Laura is going to be for the next 10, 15, 20 years, this is it. We've talked about it before, just certain arcs or characters that when they change, there's no going back. And this was that, but in a positive way. And that doesn't always happen. Some people, some writers just get on like, you know, I, I'm not to try to raise one and, you know, lower the other, but that's how I felt Batman recently, where I think Scott Snyder did really raise Batman, where I think a lot of people kind of just met by the line. But I think for a while, Batman's been changed for the better of Scott Snyder. And with this same thing, 
I think Tom Taylor put Laura on a path that she wasn't before and much for the better. And uh, yeah, it's uh, that's why. And it's just honestly, it's just a good time. It's lots of really fun yeah. characters and all the characters that are like the cameo characters, like minor sports at some point, Deadpool gets in here and Tom Taylor just uses them so well. Like he just does mm-hmm. such a good job of it's not just a cameo for the sake of a cameo. They all make sense or they're all impactful. And uh, and also because I'm a big fan of Wolverine, I was like, okay. I do feel the death of Logan Wolverine. That was a bit gimmicky and that that series was fine. I don't think it was. I, I, I think it was good, but I don't think it was the send. Like also, like you said, yeah. he's never going to go away. But I think for the send off, if you look at the death of Superman, right? You knew he was going to come back at some point. But still, if you were to say as a solo story, whatever, as a send off, that was huge. That was such a story. The death of Logan, I was like, okay, it it did its job, but it didn't have that moment. So for me, as someone that was a little disappointed by that, this was a breath of fresh air. And I I, I was glad that the if the legacy was continuing on, it was continuing on so strong and mm-hmm. something new, but a little little familiar as well. Yeah, I and you know, the next question I've got is, you know, with this particular arc, there's a lot of history behind it, so it may not be as easy, but you know, in and you've talked about this before many times in Marvel Alliance. You know, could you see either this arc and and Laura? Where would you like to see Laura debut? I'll, I'll kind of flip it around. In a debut of Laura. Would you rather see her in a Disney Plus show or as a a, a true uh, MCU film introduction? It's all tough because it's just kind of like what we saw. Like, what is that roster going to be one day, right? And once I get that known, because I've I've said to you when I I think I even pitched it when we did one of our X Men casts, the very first one. I said that I had Logan on the back burner and I had her. It's tough because you don't have Logan established in the MCU, but everyone knows who Logan is. They know his backstory and they would get that right away. But I think you could do like this. This six series would be great with Disney Plus. So I think it would be you'd have to I think you do have to introduce Logan first. You have to go that route. But I think this I would love this whole arc, like this whole series to be adapted. Mm-hmm. But this specifically, I think you could do, especially with the four sisters, stuff like that. But even then, look at the way that we haven't seen it. Well, we've seen it now when you're listening to this. But like, look <laughs> at Black Widow. To me, that is her with a bunch of her family members on this kind of spy thriller. You could do that because this story is pretty basic, but sometimes those are some of the best comic book movies. Like I'm talking about Logan. It's not them trying to save the world. It's just them trying to escape and get Xavier safe. And to me, that's the greatest Marvel movie of all time. So if the, you were to establish Laura in a movie, you could easily do a solo movie of her trying to figure out her sisters. And it's an action adventure spy thriller. But I think the good thing with her is she's pretty versatile. I I would get a Disney plus series go, oh, this works. I could see a movie that works. I could mm-hmm. see a combo movie. So I think we will see her. I, it all depends. Cause once we get that roster of X-Men, I'll know, Oh, it's going to be soon. Or I know, Oh, it's going to be a long way, but I just hope, <laughs> uh, I hope for my sake, it happens before I die. You know, I, I, that that's, I'm really hoping cause I love, I love Logan. And I love Wolverine, but I wouldn't be lying if I said that I feel like whoever steps in Hugh Jackman's shoes is I don't know if we'll ever fill that role for me. So that's why I'm a bit more in the lore camp mm-hmm. of like, yeah, let's 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 do something new, you know. But yeah, no, definitely. And uh, last two questions, as always, uh, who would this com- who would this uh, comic book arc appeal to and what is your elevator pitch? I think obviously if you're an X-Men fan, a Wolverine fan, something like that. But if I do think it is mostly accessible if you have the idea of Wolverine and who he was to anybody. And I think that's the good thing. There's some ones where we talked about this before when we did Dawn of X and House of X and Power of X. 
that's not accessible to anybody. When we did that on Marvel Alliance, that's uh, you got to be in the thick of Marvel canon mm-hmm. and stuff. You need to know what's going on. Where this is, yeah, sure, there's a few plot points, few characters that you might not know. But right when you get in there, it's kind of like what I said at the beginning. My plot pitch is a character who is trying to almost bring up the legacy of her father while living her own life while just being a kick-ass born thriller and that's what it is it's just it's it's grip it and rip it it's twist after twist and it's lots of fun it doesn't take itself too seriously you have taskmaster getting made a fool so that's like i said a born because born that one was all but it's funny because the born movies are about like trying to find yourself that's kind of what this is but in the sense of he's literally trying to find like what's his name who's his dad but this is in a greater sense of okay I have this legacy bestowed on me as far as who my dad was and what this cow means. What do I do with it and how do I become better? And I think those are those are the best tales for me personally. And that that's the other thing, I guess, when you say who do I recommend this to? If you if the only comics you love or you read or purchase are the I love 50 superheroes that destroy the world and fight, and that's 100 percent fine. But for yeah. myself, who likes some more personal stories. That's what I think this gets you. Yeah, there's some action there, but this is a personal story about a woman just trying to figure out she's lost her dad. She just found four separate sisters and she's on this X-Men trying to, like I said, live out a legacy. So if you like the more personal stories, these six issues and this whole run of Tom Taylor's is definitely that. And it, uh, I think it just only gets better and better. And maybe one day I'll come back and talk about, cause I, I don't mind talking about all new Wolverine as you can see. <laughs> oh, exactly. No, definitely. So, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, but thank you so much, Travis, for coming back mm-hmm. on. I know it's a, it's such an arm twisting thing to come, come on here and talk oh, about yeah. some fun stuff, but, yeah, uh, it took I, months. I was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm ever coming back. You know, I don't talk <laughs> about Laura. Oh, I don't know. But, uh, no, it, thank you for having me. It was great. Uh, yeah, I, I had a fun last time, but I've awfully, we've been through a lot and it's always great talking to you. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, Everyone go if if you've listened to this and you're interested at all, go pick it up. You know, like I know we talked a lot about, but even then, if you feel spoiled, you got a whole. I think it's like what 36, 38 issues in total for the whole thing. I think it says in the. Uh, yep, thirty five issues and yeah. an annual. An annual and the annual is cool. I'm gonna recreate that with my daughters one day because it's of her <laughs> yeah. and of Spider Gwen and my daughter's named Gwen and she's named my daughter. Other one maybe would have been named Laura, but. Uh, Laura was not a fan. Or my fiance was not a fan of that name. So we went with Logan. So that's why we had a little bulldog. So one day I'm going to create that uh, annual. And uh, But yeah, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on and to be welcomed back. Oh, thank you. And uh, always a pleasure. But why don't you uh, tell people how they can follow you and plug Geekverse? Yeah, Travis B. Snail. You can find at Geekverse Cast as well. I'm usually on there about two to three times. I think when you're listening to this, I might be a little busy. I might be on like a little vacation from it. But there's lots of other great personalities that you've probably heard on the network or heard in general that is just, uh, it was, as I was referring to Deadpool, that's what I refer to as where the Deadpool, the podcasting community for better or worse. Uh, we might not take things seriously, but we have a good time. But then also check me out as usually every month. I'm trying to once or twice be on Marvel Alliance to hook up with you and do reunite cast. And there's always good stuff to talk about that. Talk Brent. And then even like this week, we were currently filming. I was on superhero discussion. So whether you're on that on Geek First or the podcast network, you'll see me bouncing around, maybe in make an announcement or two. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Travis B. Snail. Uh, I didn't make a single food uh, analogy, but I guess it's more just a Marvel Alliance thing, you know, but I'll have to bring it up uh, whatever I talk <laughs> about uh, next time. And I'm excited if, if if people like this episode, hopefully I can come back as Chris and I've talked about some exciting things yes. that we could do and uh, I won't spoil anything, but uh, oh, yeah, it'll, well, it'll be well, a good time. We may be walking the street to D.C. for the next time. 
Yeah, and then even the next Marvel one we have pitched is, uh, you know, that, that the the DC one I have a few, but the Marvel one I did say to Chris, like, no one's taking this one from me. Yep. This is what, you know, and that's why I tune to Marvel Alliance because you could probably put the piece together, or could you? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, again, thank you, Travis, for coming on, and thank you, listeners, for tuning into another episode of World's Finest True Believers. Again, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Finest Believers and me personally at Chris Balga. You can follow the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network on Twitter at GUA Pod Network. You can email the show, World's Finest True Believers at gmail.com. If you feel a tweet, email. If you want to be a guest, provide feedback, ask questions. I do appreciate it. The DMs are open. So if you <laughs> want to be a guest, Go ahead and DM at that point. Uh, continue to rate and review the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network on Apple Podcasts, whatever platform of choice may be. Again, thank you all listeners. As always, you are all truly world's finest true believers. And whenever you listen this morning, afternoon, evening, or the deepest of the night, stay safe out there, everyone. I'll be talking to you real soon. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.